This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your smartphone, tablet, or desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Also, help us keep Star Trek discussion coming to you each day by becoming a Trek FM patron through Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and become part of the team. You'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated Enterprise show. I'm your host, Floyd Dorsey, and I'm sitting in the conference room with my co-host, Jeffrey Harlan, a.k.a. Mr. Ataz. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm trying to claw my way out from under this pile of uh, pads here. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. We're sitting in the conference room, and the entire conference table is completely covered with pads. So you might ask, why is that? Well, it just so happens that the NX-01 just pulled away from Echo 2. And you know what that means. Hoshi was able to download a ton of mail for the crew. So for this episode of Warp 5, we're going to acknowledge some great feedback from you, the listeners, discuss some interesting show ideas that have been sent to us, and finish off with some new five-star reviews. And speaking of reviews, we actually have a review contest started. I announced it during the closing of the last Warp 5. So for those of you that tuned out before the end of it, you're getting it at the beginning of this show. What I challenged our Warp 5 listeners was if we could get at least 20 new iTunes reviews starting from January 1st, it would activate the grand prize for a lucky listener, an Enterprise Full Journey Blu-ray set. And we already have three new reviews that have already been entered. So we're already off to a good start there. So basically what I was thinking of uh, the strategy on that was, is I see, uh, Jeff, I see some listeners contacting their friends and telling them to go ahead and uh, enter, <laughs> enter and give some reviews so we can get up to 20. Cause I bet somebody probably wants to win a Blu-ray set. Oh, I don't blame them. Right. So, uh, Jeff, are you, uh, watching any Trek right now? Um, yeah, I feel a little behind on our uh, rewatch, but uh, we just finished off uh, Enterprise. We're getting ready to start off the original series here pretty soon. Good, good, good. Yes, I um, I finished Enterprise, and then I started back up a DS9 watch that I had actually paused a while back to watch another show. And I picked it back up in season three and now I'm into season four. And just the other night I actually posted that I just watched the visitor for the second time ever. And man, it gave me the feels again. 
So does it to me every time. That is that is a trap. That's that is a trap right there, man. <laughs> it's so, a trap. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, any of you out there in Trek FM land, uh, please continue to send us subspace postcards by commenting on our show post in whatever group you happen to see it. Message us on Facebook, or you can send us an email by going to trek.fm/contact. And we would love to read your comments on an upcoming show. So we're going to do some subspace postcards from our listeners. So we'll start off with some general comments and congrats. So Jeff, why don't you kick us off with the first one here? Well, the first one we have is from Amy Nelson. Uh, It's in reference to Warp 5 number 83, Season 1, Part 1 review. And Amy says, Perfect timing. Now that I've finished the first season from here to there, 50th rewatch, I will be able to follow the conversation. I'm looking forward to listening. I feel like I'm now qualified to listen. <laughs> well, thank you, Amy. Of course you're qualified to listen. If you're a Trek fan or an Enterprise fan, you can listen. It doesn't matter if you've seen all the shows or not. But yeah, this doing our retrospective right now, the the idea that we had for this was that it's the 50th anniversary. Let's go through. Let's hit this. As Enterprise fans, let's cover Enterprise. Even though there is the from here to there, we're also going to hit it from the Enterprise super fan perspective. So uh, Christopher Baca, in regards to Warp 5, number 83, he said, this show has been really interesting. Can't wait to hear what results from all the hosts moving around. It is a great way to keep the shows fresh and introduce new ideas. And that was actually in reference to uh, when we had announced that Norm and Will were going to be stepping down and you and I were going to be stepping into the, the new officer positions for the show. So, Jeff, can you give us the next one? Next up, we have Ian Kimmins, also again talking about Warp 5 number 83. Uh, he says, great episode. Thank you to Will and Norman in your new positions. Looking forward to hear other perspectives from the new crew and will soon be supporting you through Patreon. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And thank you so much that, uh, yeah, if it doesn't really matter, folks, any little bit helps. We're a listener supported network and even $1 a month can help us. $5 a month activates the patron zone and $15 a month gets you into the patrons roundtable, where actually Jeff and I have both been as guests. And that was my, actually my very first podcast. Yep. And if you go past that, you know, 25 a month gets you on as an associate producer on show of your choice. Yep. And actually, in this was also announced on this 80, Warp 583 that Jeff would also be moving in as the uh, co-host for Standard Orbit, our original series podcast show. So how's it been going over there, Jeff? Oh, it's been great. Um, it's been a little bit of a challenge sometimes, uh, juggling the schedule because co-hosting two podcasts and everything else I got going on with the work and regular life and trying to make my comic books and everything you know it's uh it's been fun though I've really enjoyed it well I I can definitely I definitely appreciate you as a co-host uh thank you so much for coming on here with me and I can definitely relate to the schedule thing like my it's spring basketball season and both my boys have uh, started their practices and I just told Jeff the other day that the only time I have to record is Wednesday nights that's it every other night is a basketball practice or a game basically for the rest like for the next 2 months so yeah the time is a little 
here I thought I was going to be taken off the spring and yet now it's actually busier than it was in the winter. So, um, also, uh, speaking of comic book, Jeff, did you want to mention anything about a comic book? Well, I just got an email this afternoon. My first issue is now live up on, uh, comiXology. Uh, it was, uh, it was accepted by comiXology submit and, uh, took about a month for it to, to appear on the store, but it's up there now and it, it's pretty exciting to see it on there. So what's the title of your comic book? Uh, it's called the protectorate. Very good. Very good. That's, that's very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, the, uh, the second issue is already uh, submitted and accepted. It'll probably be up next month. Awesome. So we look forward to seeing that. Uh, continuing on with our feedback, uh, Major Michael Parkhill, in regards to Warp 583, said, I really enjoyed the episode, guys. I'm sorry to see Norman Lau and Will Wynn moving on, but I think the show is in great hands. I just did an interview last week as an aerospace officer and for my involvement in Starship Grissom for Beyond Geek on an upcoming episode this fall from Starbase Studios in Oklahoma City. During it, I mentioned several things from these early episodes and why I love Enterprise as my favorite next to the original series. The uniforms, the realistic look of the interior of the ship, the isolation, and the realistic feel of exploration of the series. I always felt like the other shows set in the 24th century that they were driving around the neighborhood. I specifically mentioned having your dog in space, still wearing caps, clothes like ties and sweats, rather than looking like Chekhov in Trek 3, how they like sports, drinking real beer and whiskey. Yeah, I like that. And eating steak with iced tea. Listening to your episode was perfect timing. I just recently started my Enterprise rewatch. Broken Bow is far and away the best pilot. I stayed at a cabin in Broken Bow, Oklahoma last year, but there was no sign of the Klingons. So thank you, Michael, for your compliments and your feedback there. And thank you for the update on the Klingons. I also actually stayed in a cabin in Broken Bow last summer and I also was disappointed I didn't see a Klingon so maybe you know maybe the maybe the rumors that they're uh, rampant around there are, uh, just false I guess I didn't see any cornfields either yeah there's not that many <laughs> cornfields around the actual Broken Bow Oklahoma but uh, Larry Nemechek he's he's an Oklahoma native he mentioned that maybe here in a hundred years there they might have to level some of the the mountains and the hills and the forests around there to uh, maybe plant some corn, you know, some kind of a, a terraforming kind of a situation. So yeah, we can put that in there. Well, you know, they did apparently dig this massive trench in the middle of uh, Iowa for uh, strip mining for the resources to build ships. Apparently, right? Yeah, I never really, I never really understood why we had to have a giant like the the Grand Canyon there next to where they were building the ships, but you know. Well, there are a lot of quarries in Iowa. I used to live out there for a couple of years, okay. but none quite that deep. Right. But I mean, if you go a couple of hundred years in the future and you just don't stop digging, maybe it'll get that deep. Right. Well, yeah. It, uh, regards to uh, Michael's uh, comment here, talking about the uniforms, realistic look, the isolation. Those are all things that I love about Enterprise. Oh yeah, and I'm wearing my NXO2 cap right now. Yeah, I see that. I've got I've got that on I told my wife that was my uh wish list. <laughs> and maybe uh maybe I might get a couple of uh a pips or something I can stick to the side of it so I can wear my rank on my cap or something. I don't know. Uh so Jeff, what was the next comment that we had? Uh the next one, moving on to part 2 of our season 1 uh uh retrospective, warp 5 number 84 is from Christopher Baca. 
And he says, good show, guys. I really enjoyed the discussion. Yep. Christopher, he makes comments. He's a supporter of Trek FM. He's always active in the Babel Conference. And we really appreciate uh, your feedback there, Christopher. And hope you enjoy, continue enjoying uh, Warp 5. The next uh, listener, he posted this. He actually shared our latest show announcement in his Facebook group that we were both members of. It was Charles Williamson. And he shared this in the Star Trek Online group that we're both members of. And his announcement when he posted it to all of the his uh, Star Trek Online uh, fleet mates was, you heard it here first, Trek so good it melts in your ears. Trek FM. So I was like, man, that's a great tag right there, Charles. Yeah, he, he's got a way with words sometimes. It's uh, he, He's a, a really interesting guy to talk to. I, I enjoyed a lot of conversations with him. Cool. Yeah, I when I saw that, you know, uh, I hope it's not so, you know, melting in your ears like one of the, the con... The, the, the con worms, right? Seti eels. Yeah, the seti eel. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you want to avoid seti alpha five. Unfortunately, uh, they didn't know that in the alternate timeline when uh, Earth was destroyed in season three. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, Jeff, what was the? We had another comment. Ah, uh, yes, this one's from Bobby Tucker. He says, "I've really enjoyed Warp Five. Great show. Thank you." Yeah, and thank you, Bobby, for uh, he actually messaged me that right after uh, it was announced that we were going to be taking over or after our first show, I think it was number 84, the kicking in doors episode. And he he messaged me just out of the blue. He just told me that he really enjoyed our show. So thank you so much, Bobby. Yeah, thank you. We also had numerous other well wishes. And these were on replies to my posts and comments in the Babel Conference, Trek FM's private listeners group on Facebook and in other groups, actually. So they were so numerous that it was really it was it was difficult to list them all and to find them all when I was going back and looking back at all the comments. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of our Warp 5 listeners and Trek FM fans. Thank you so much for your support. And we hope to keep this going for you. Keep keep us on your radio dial. So moving on to the next point, we have show topic suggestions. I've actually received several since of our new appointments to our new positions on Warp 5 here with the NX-01. I've actually received several comments and suggestions either on in the Babel conference or on private messaging just giving us suggestions about things that you want to hear. And remember if there's something you really would like to hear us talk about, or you'd like to talk about, and we can get this discussion going, we can discuss it. We can bring in guests. We can get the conversation going on the Babel conference, but Jeff, if you would go ahead and give us our first show topic suggestion. All right. This one comes from uh, Ian Beeman. He says, I have a suggestion for a warp five episode topic. I think it would be interesting if you guys did an episode about the progression slash evolution, or lack thereof in some cases, of the different species. I've thought of this before, but it re-entered my mind while watching Sleeping Dogs and Acquisition again, and there being comments of it being the same old thing with the Klingons and the Ferengi. People initially balked at the portrayal of the Vulcans and how different they were. As Warp 5 is covered over the course of the show in subsequent hundred years, the Vulcans changed quite a bit but the Klingons and Ferengi didn't, which, as said, seems to bother some viewers. 
I think their lack of cultural and societal progression is rooted in their respective core values. Warriors are the reigning class in Klingon culture, with scientists and doctors being almost shunned. Ferengi are obsessed with greed and personal financial profit. It's interesting to view these species in juxtaposition to humans. Humanity gained spacefaring technology long after Klingons or Ferengi, yet over the course of a couple of hundred years, they rival and surpass them. It's, I think it's interesting to see how certain values can either progress or stunt the growth of a society and how that relates to our own world today. It'd be cool if you guys did a show about this, focusing on the different core values of each species and how that relates to their progression from a cultural and technological standpoint. I love the show and appreciate all the effort that you put in. Keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you, Ian. That was a, That's actually a great show idea. We actually did talk about it, but I, ne- I never really thought about progression or lack thereof, according to some species. So I think that would be a really interesting. We could start yeah. with Enterprise and the earliest times that we've seen these species. And then probably we could probably go on then to TNG and DS9 and maybe maybe Voyager. I'm not sure about the original series since it's kind of, it, it was the first, but then the canon kind of changed or the way the species kind of changed. I don't know. What do you think about that, Jeff? Yeah, I think might be able to find a way to work it. It'd be interesting to tackle it. Right. Well, I love the Klingons on the original series. I love the explanation for them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, core is my favorite Klingon. I loved him on Aaron to mercy and then he shows up on DS nine and it was, it was, it was great, but it, you know, he was on the downhill slope, you know, of his, of his warriorness, so to speak. Uh, he at least got three appearances on DS nine. Right. And when, and I, I can, I would like to just make a point or make a case for the Klingon empire might not be as great as it was by the time I got to TNG, if it hadn't have been for the augments or the, Klingons that had come from augment ancestry, maybe, or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, that could be interesting. It'd be an interesting, it'd be an interesting argument to make uh, about the influence of the augment genome on Klingon uh, societal development over the century between the end of Enterprise and when they got their ridges back and the end, towards the end of the original series. Right. Because that's about a looking about 120 years there. Yep. And then you had the ultimate, you know, thinking of like Khan and his wanting to dominate basically. Well, now Mm -hmm. you're putting that with the Klingon who's got a hot, you know, a high motor for domination and empire building. So yeah, that could be a really interesting. And then with the Fringy there, we never saw the Fringy with the original series, but we get to see plenty of them in DS9. Yeah, and one thing that uh, Flox was saying was that they were arresting the development of it, so it had the physical changes, but not the emotional ones, but maybe not. Maybe there were some that uh, he couldn't account for. Right. Very good. So thank you so much, Ian. We'll uh, definitely take that in consideration. I think that could be a nice little uh, topic Mm -hmm. for a future show. Or two. Right. Also, another listener, Nick Anastasiu, He actually had another comment or show suggestion that was similar to Ian's. 
And he had mentioned uh, discussing the Vulcans and, again, why they could have been less logical at the time during Enterprise. He actually posted in the Babel Conference a pretty large explanation, and he was kind of trying to make a point. And he was backing up what he had heard that we had said on Warp 5 and other comments that I had made, talking about how Vulcans, I mean, this is 100 years before Spock, and Spock wasn't even 100% Vulcan. So he was just making a comment about how things could really change. And I think that could, we could work that probably in like we were talking about up here with uh, other species who either evolved or maybe they didn't so much. It looks like in a hundred or 200 years. That, and there was also a very heavy influence from Romulan infiltrators during the uh, time of enterprise too. Exactly. I mean, they were infiltrated all the way to the highest levels of the Vulcan government. So that had to have a huge impact on uh, how the Vulcan government was operating. Exactly. And that was pre-forehead ridged mm-hmm. Romulans. <laughs> well, they, they showed some with the forehead ridges on uh, Enterprise as well. Oh, that's true. But, I mean, that could easily be explained as, you know, that's just a genetic trait that, you know, maybe it was a, re- a recessive trait among the Vulcan population but there was a high enough percentage of the people that split off that it became a dominant trait among the Romulans. Right. And then the smooth forehead was a recessive trait among them. Ooh, I like that. All right. Warp five. You just, you just laid some head cannon on me right there. All right. I see. I see how that goes. All right. Well, the next comment that we had was we've had, we've had some pretty heated discussions, some pretty passionate discussions on the Babel conference lately regarding a few episodes of Enterprise. Uh, Greg Mullenby, Daniel Noah, Ian Beeman, Tristan Goers, Nick Anastasiu, Alan McDonald, and Patrick Devlin was recently making comments or postings regarding Damage, Azadi Prime, Dear Doctor, and Cogenitor. So these are some really hot topic episodes on Enterprise. And it just, especially Dear Doctor. Dear Doctor's been coming up a lot lately. I guess it's just because people are doing rewatches. But it seems like every few weeks there's postings about Dear Doctor. And the whether Archer was in the right or whether he was in the wrong. We might just have to break down a, a an arc of the hottest debated episodes like cogenitor, boy, that was that episode that people were screaming for a rewrite on cogenitor. <laughs> so I don't know. We might do that. I, we we could maybe take a look at it. The other thing I find interesting is that uh, Dear Doctor and Cogenitor both tied directly into the later development of the Prime Directive. Yep, definitely. And the mistakes that the crew made in those two episodes would lead to them coming up with a rule to say, let's come up with have this rule so that we can avoid making these kind of mistakes in the future. Right. And then the, the damage in Azadi prime that came up as a discussion on the, from there to here rewatch podcast. And that was just mentioning again, it could, it would really be leading maybe to a prime directive, like a code mm-hmm. of how a captain should conduct themselves. You know, Archer was writing the book at this time and mm-hmm. just looking back, most fans, most Star Trek fans that haven't really watched Enterprise, they're maybe it's hard for them to think about the prequelness of it. This is a hundred years before this the first Star Trek that we even know, and it's two hundred years before the later Star Treks, the TNG, the Deep Space Nine, the Voyager. 
So they really haven't even written the book yet. Like Archer's just writing notes down on his pad as they go along and they're going to compile this all together. And now that'll be maybe the first book that we get for starship captains. Yeah. It's like we've said in the, uh, the show before, you know, this is, you know, all these other captains, they have the benefit of retrospect on Archer's logs and the other logs from this era and beyond they have those that they can look back on and see what went wrong, what went right, and how they can learn lessons from those uh, those missions and what happened in them. Archer doesn't have that advantage, and that's something that I think a lot of people just don't think about when they're watching the show. They're like, well, it's Star Trek, and we've seen Star Trek before, and these captains are, you know, to to steal a quote from the original series, I thought captains were supposed to be a paragon of virtue, and Kirk says, I've never seen a paragon. Exactly. He's also not a diplomat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I mean, somebody had to go first and get it right or make mistakes. But, you know, as far as damage goes, I am going to back up Archer on that. It was the mm-hmm. human species or his morals. Yeah. I'll, I'll even go so far as to defend the gazelle speech. Right. The needs of the many out need outweigh the needs of the one set of morals. Right. (laughs) So Jeff, what was uh, the next show idea that was suggested? Brandon Shea Mutala from melodic trucks said, I had a great idea for a warp five episode. Compare and contrast the Pegasus and these are the voyages and integrate the two episodes into a kind of continuity but don't reference the expanded novel universe. And it's funny you should say that because this is something that I've actually uh, been thinking about suggesting myself for an upcoming War 5. So uh, good on you. Right. Uh, we're we're on the same page here. Yeah, like I told Bichet, I was like, hey man, great minds think alike. Because I actually yeah. have that written down in my future show notes for War 5. Yep. And what I was thinking is, since we're doing the retrospective, is when we get to the end of the retrospective, of course, we all know where this is all going to end when we get there, then maybe we could do a crossover with the Earl Grey crew and we could maybe look at it from a Enterprise perspective and from a TNG perspective. I would also be very interested to see how the two episodes mesh up together. Uh, you know, Do they work as a single story or not? Because I've never actually watched them back to back. And that's one thing I'm planning to do when I get to the Pegasus and the rewatch. I'm going to go back and rewatch again. Uh, These are the voyages and see how it matches up because I have a feeling in the back of my brains, just kind of this little itch saying, I don't think they quite line up. Uh, I don't think the story fits. And I'd be interested to, to see if that's true or not. Yeah, I've actually never watched it like that. And I've, I'm interested to see what it looks like, too. And yeah, when I get back, get around to the Pegasus, I was going to go back and do the exact same thing. I wanted to see if it fit. And it's kind of odd, though, to think about what all is going on the Pegasus and the tension that's going on and the John Locke's on the ship and, you know, Admiral John Locke. And he is Riker really slipping off to the holodeck, (laughs) you know, for some some research. I don't know. and I, I just don't see how that fits with what was going on with Riker's choice that he had to make at that time. Right. But 
Maybe it'll become more clear if we go back and watch them back to back. Maybe. I don't know. We can we can find out. I just thought it would be fun also just to, if we, we crossed over with the Earl Grey crew because we could get it from a TNG perspective also. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. And that is our five-star reviews that we've actually received since our last episode. So the first five-star review that we've received is from Russell M. And it was titled, Great, the best and only podcast about Enterprise. So thank you so much, Russell. Uh, I love that because he says the best and he says the only. And I'm not really sure if we actually, I'm not sure if we are the only podcast. I don't know. Um, but if we are the only, then we are the best. Exactly. We're number one, you know, and hey, it's, as long as there's only one, we're number one. So that's how it goes. We'll take it. We'll take it however we can get it. But thank you so much, Russell. That was a five-star review. And actually, Russell had posted that in iTunes store, the U.S. iTunes store, before our last recording. So the last recording, I had mentioned that we hadn't had one since January 1st. But for some reason, my iTunes store hadn't actually shown it until later. And I found out from Matthew Rushing that it actually takes a little bit for when you actually post a review for it to show up in the iTunes store for everyone to see. So thank you so much, Russell. So, Jeff, can you give us our next five-star review? Well, our next five-star review is from SteelerFan7585, titled, Warp 5 is Amazing! Exclamation point. Warp 5 is my favorite podcast for Enterprise, a very much undervalued Star Trek show. Very good. Thank you so much, SteelerFan7585. And our third five-star review that we've received is from Davey KO1, and it's titled First Time Listener. And it states, I found your podcast yesterday, and I really enjoyed listening to your Enterprise Season 1 Top 3 picks. The audio quality of your podcast is really, really good. The voices are all equal and do not have volume surge. It will be an easy listen on my speakers at work. Thanks for a great Trek podcast, Dave. And thank you so much, Dave. I'm so glad that you're a first-time listener and you just found our latest episode and it sounded good to you. So I'm, I really appreciate that feedback. We actually have a pretty strict uh, protocol for the host when we do our set, get our setups for our recording. Uh, Christopher Jones, our founder and publisher of Trek FM, he has very high standards for our sound quality for all the hosts. We have specific microphones that he suggests and we have specific audio and we actually have the settings. We have it. Our setup is vetted and the settings for our recording is very specific. And just for me, I had to submit three different tests with different settings set up for the other hosts to listen to just to make sure that my setup was dialed in. So Jeff, did you go through a similar process? Took me a lot more than three tries to get it. Oh, really? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, went out and I got a new uh, microphone. I got a, uh, like the, uh, the arm boom to, to hold it in place and the whole works. And, you know, it, it's a great setup and it's, once you got all the settings set up and in locked in place from that point on, you just turn it on, but, uh, getting it set up the first time, it took me actually a couple of days to get everything dialed in. Yeah, I had... My, I bought my setup 
and well, it basically the setup was just a microphone. You know, we just use earbuds for our feedback when we're listening to our, our, our us talking and our co-hosts talking. And it's basically, it's, it's not just phoning it in. I know I've listened to other podcasts and it sounds like they're phoning it in and it really literally sounds like they're phoning it in, but our podcasts are actually all recorded locally. So we each are recording our own audio track and then we upload it to uh, the cloud and our editor takes our voice tracks and actually splices them. And our editor is Christopher Jones for work five currently. And he takes our audio tracks, he lays it down, he smooths it out for us. And it's make so far sounds really good. So if it's, if we sound good, it's probably because of the editor. I don't know. <laughs> he does a phenomenal job and he deserves a lot of credit. So also we've got these three right now. We've got Russell M. We've got Steeler fan seven, five, eight, five, and we've got Davey KO one. And they are all now entered in our review contest. So make sure if you're wanting to get in that review contest, we can activate the 20 reviews and get that Blu-ray set, get, get that thing drawn out. I would love to give that away to a lucky listener. And then along the way, depending on how long it takes us to get to 20, I may, may throw in a rub bubble t-shirt for who, whoever's in the pot already, just to get this thing going and get it sweetened up for us. So Jeff, did you have any final thoughts? Well, I just wanted to thank everyone for all their feedback that we've been getting, all the reviews that we've gotten and we're continuing to get. I really appreciate them. I'm sure you do as well. Uh, it's really good to hear back from people and know what we're doing well. And if we're missing the point on something, let us know and uh, maybe we can address it in a future show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I really appreciate our listeners and any feedback and comments that you put on our show notes, or if you message us, if you give us a five-star review, uh, just shoot us a message and let us know so we can find it, particularly if it's not in the U.S. store, uh, that because we actually have to log into a different store to find those. So yeah, I really appreciate our listeners, and we're going to keep right on keeping on on this. It's been a lot of fun discussing your subspace postcards, but this isn't the only topic we've been talking about here on Trek FM. So here's a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. You've heard Chief Trip sign on. Uh, I'm serious, Ken. Actually, out of the chair, please. Okay, okay. God. <laughs> I guess the Commodore has the con. <laughs> Earl Grey. Did you really write down Groppler Zorn on this list? <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> what fruit did he like before he got to apples? <laughs> the Ready Room. I think all of us Star Trek fans at one point or another probably retreat into this universe we love, Star Trek, that is it's a fictional world. What are you we talking were... about, Zachary? Are you, you suggesting that real? like fans <laughs> might decide to buy microphones and like talk about it like it's real for hours on end? Commentary, Trek Stars. Tokyo Drift really is the perfect subtitle. Like you could literally put Tokyo Drift onto the end of any movie and it would instantaneously become a movie that you would have to see. Citizen Kane, Tokyo Drift. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. You can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, 
SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can always stream or download the MP3 file from our website at trek.fm and grab the RSS link there as well. And if you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. That makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes. And if you like what you hear on Warp 5 or any of the Trek FM network shows, please leave us a star rating and a review, which will help us greatly increase our visibility for new listeners. Absolutely. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is become a patron on the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you will join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And one of the perks that we've talked about is the patrons roundtable. And that's always a great thing. We actually have a patrons roundtable coming this weekend, I believe. And there are a lot of names that they're all wanting to get in there and get talking about the, the current topic that's actually going to be mentioned. If you want to wear your Trek FM fandom, you can also find great Trek FM themed merchandise at redbubble.com. Just type Trek FM in the search field. You can get you a t-shirt, you can get a throw pillow, you can get a cell phone cover, just about anything you can think of. And there's some really cool designs made by our art director, Aaron Harvey. So take a look at that, see what you think. I also thank you always to my co-associate producer, Mike Morrison. He supports Warp 5 through Patreon. You can find Mike on the Babel Conference, Trek FM's dedicated Facebook listeners page. You can also hear Mike over on his new show, Metatrex, where he and Zachary Fruling discuss all things philosophical through a Star Trek lens. And I always like to take this time to thank Christopher Jones, our Warp 5 editor and producer. Without having a great editor to producer, it would be extremely difficult to get this show out to all of you listeners. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us at trekfm slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page or go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm. And as we've been mentioning all throughout the show, the Babel Conference, type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm and click discussion on the menu bar. So, Jeff, if our listeners wanted to pick your brain about some Star Trek trivia, how could they get in touch with you? Well, if you don't have access to an Atavicron or any other form of time machine, you can always find me on the Babel Conference on Facebook. I'm the co-host on the network for both Standard Orbit and Warp 5. I'm also on Twitter, at Harlander, and I'm a supporter of the network through Patreon. You can also check out my website. It's been called the Grand Unified Theory of Star Trek, and that's at trekopedia.com. And my independent comic books at bandwidthcomics.com or search Facebook for Bandwidth Comics. Very good. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can always find me on the Babel Conference, the Trek FM Facebook listeners page. I'm reading there every day, multiple times a day, and sometimes I'm posting. But that's probably the best place to find me. I have a Twitter, but I don't actually ever look at it. So the best place to find me is definitely the Babel Conference or in several other groups that I'm actually a member of. All right, Jeff, let's take a few of these pads down to the mess hall and see what Chef has left over in the cabinet. So let's go ahead and get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and join us again next time for another episode of Warp 5. Warp 5.